chapter nine of the conquest of new france by george wrong this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine montcalm at quebec the rejoicing in canada was brief before the end of the year the british were victorious at both the eastern and western ends of the long battle-line louisbourg had fallen in july fort duquesne in november fort frontenac giving command of lake ontario and with it the west had surrendered to bradstreet in august just after montcalm's victory at ticonderoga the ohio was gone the great fortress guarding the gateway to the gulf was gone the next english attack would fall on quebec montcalm had told vaudreuil in the autumn with vigorous precision that the period of petty warfare for taking scalps and burning houses was past it was time now to defend the main trunk of the tree and not the outer branches the best canadians should be incorporated into and trained in the battalions of regulars the militia regiments themselves should be clothed and drilled like regular soldiers interior posts such as detroit should be held by the smallest possible number of men this council enraged vaudreuil montcalm he wrote was trying to upset everything vaudreuil was certain that the english would not attack quebec there is a melancholy greatness in the last days of montcalm he was fighting against fearful odds with only about three thousand trained regulars and perhaps four times as many untrained canadians and savages he was confronting britain's might on sea and land which was now thrown against new france from france itself montcalm knew that he had nothing to hope in the autumn of seventeen fifty eight he sent bougainville to versailles that brilliant and loyal helper managed to elude the vigilance of the british fleet reached versailles and there spent some months in varied and resourceful attempts to secure aid for canada he saw ministers he procured the aid of powerful connections of his own and of his fellow-officers in canada he went to what was at this time the fountain-head of authority at the french court and it was not the king the king is nothing wrote bougainville the marchioness is all-powerful prime minister bougainville saw the marchioness madame de pompadour and read to her some of montcalm's letters she showed no surprise and said nothing her habit as bougainville said by this time the name of montcalm was one to charm with in france bougainville wrote to him i should have to include all france if i should attempt to give a list of those who love you and wish to see you marshal of france even the little children know your name there had been a time when the court thought the recall of montcalm would be wise in the interests of new france now it was montcalm's day and the desire to help him was real france however could do little ministers were courteous and sympathetic but as berrier minister of marine said to bougainville with the house on fire in france they could not take much thought of the stable in canada this berrier was an inept person he was blindly ignorant of naval affairs coarse obstinate a placeman who owed his position to intrigue and favouritism 
his only merit was that he tried to cut down expenditure but in regard to the navy this policy was likely to be fatal it is useless said this guardian of france's marine to try to rival britain on the sea and the wise thing to do is to save money by not spending it on ships berrier even sold to private persons stores which he had on hand for the use of the fleet if the house was on fire he did not intend it would seem that much should be left to burn the old duc de belle isle minister of war was of another type a fine and efficient soldier he explained the situation frankly in a letter to montcalm austria was an exigent ally and frederick of prussia a dangerous foe france had to concentrate her strength in europe the british fleet he admitted paralyzed efforts overseas there was no certainty or even probability that troops and supplies sent from france would ever reach canada france the duke said guardedly was not without resources she had a plan to strike a deadly blow against england and in doing so would save canada without sending overseas a great army the plan was nothing less than the invasion of england and scotland with a great force the enterprise which nearly half a century later napoleon conceived as his master-stroke against the proud maritime state during that winter and spring france was building a great number of small boats with which to make a sudden descent and to land an army in england if this plan succeeded all else would succeed montcalm must just hold on conduct a defensive campaign and above all retain some part of canada since as the duke said with prophetic foresight if the british once held the whole of the country they would never give it up montcalm himself had laid before the court a plan of his own he estimated that the british would have six men to his one rather than surrender to them he would withdraw to the far interior and take his army by way of the ohio to louisiana the design was a wild counsel of despair for he would be cut off from any base of supplies but it shows the risks he was ready to take in him now the court had complete confidence vaudreuil was instructed to take no military action without seeking the counsel of montcalm the king wrote belle isle to montcalm relies upon your zeal your courage and your resolution some little help was sent the british control of the sea was not complete since more than twenty french ships eluded british vigilance bringing military stores food for canada was confronted by famine four hundred soldiers and bougainville himself with a list of honors for the leaders in canada montcalm was given the rank of lieutenant-general and but for a technical difficulty would have been made a marshal of france all this reliance upon montcalm was galling to vaudreuil this weak man was entirely in the hands of a corrupt circle who recognized in the strength and uprightness of montcalm their deadly enemy an incredible plundering was going on its strength was in the blindness of vaudreuil the secretary of vaudreuil grasset de saint sauveur an ignorant and greedy man was a member of the ring and yet had the entire confidence of the governor the scale of the robberies was enormous bigot the intendant was stealing millions of francs cadet the head of the supplies department was stealing even more they were able men who knew how to show diligence in their official work more than once montcalm praises the resourcefulness with which bigot met his requirements 
but it was all done at a fearful cost to the state under assumed names the ring sold to the king of whose interest they were the guardians supplies at a profit of a hundred or a hundred and fifty per cent they made vast sums out of transport they drew pay for feeding hundreds of men who were not in the king's service they received money for great bills of merchandise never delivered and repeated the process over and over again to keep the indians friendly the king sent presents of guns ammunition and blankets these were stolen and sold even the bodies of acadians were sold they were hired out for their keep to a contractor who allowed them to die of cold and hunger hundreds of the poor exiles perished the nemesis of a despotic system is that however well-intentioned it may be its officials are not controlled by an alert public opinion and yet must be trusted by their master france meant well by her colony but the colony unlike the english colonies was not taught to look after itself while nearly every one in canada understood what was going on it was another thing to inform those in control in france laporte the secretary of the colonial minister was in the service of the ring he intercepted letters which should have made exposures until found out he had the ear of the minister and echoed the tone of lofty patriotism which bigot assumed in his letters to his superiors history has made montcalm one of its heroes and with justice he was a remarkable man who would have won fame as a scholar had he not followed the long family tradition of a soldier's career bougainville once said that the highest literary distinction of a frenchman a chair in the academy might be within reach of montcalm as well as the baton of a marshal of france he had a prodigious memory and had read widely his letters written amid the trying conditions of war are nervous direct pregnant with meaning the notes of a penetrating intelligence he had deep family affection adieu my heart i believe that i love you more than ever i did before these were the last words of what he did not know was to be his last letter to his wife in the midst of a gay scene at montreal in the spring of seventeen fifty nine he writes to Bour then at lake champlain with acute longing for the south of france in the spring for six or seven months in the year he could receive no letters and always the british command of the sea made their expected arrival uncertain when shall i be again at the chateau of condillac with my plantations my oaks my oil-mill my mulberry trees oh good god he lays bare his spirit especially to bourlamaque a quiet efficient thoughtful man like himself and enjoins him to burn the letters which he does not happily for posterity scandal does not touch him but like most frenchmen he is dependent on the society of women he lived in a house on the ramparts of quebec and visited constantly the salon of his neighbour in the rue de poilois the beautiful and witty madame de la Naudière. in two or three other households he was also intimate and the bishop was a sympathetic friend his own tastes were those of the scholar and more and more during the long canadian winters he enjoyed evenings of quiet reading the elder mirabeau father of the revolutionary leader of seventeen eighty nine had just published his ami des hommes and this we find montcalm studying but above all he reads the great encyclopedia of diderot by seventeen fifty nine seven of the huge volumes had been issued they startled the intellectual world of the time 
and montcalm set out to read them omitting the articles which had no interest for him or which he could not understand c is a copious letter in an encyclopedia and montcalm found excellent the articles on christianity college comedy comet commerce council and so on wolfe soon to be his opponent had the same taste for letters the two men unlike in body for wolfe was tall and montcalm the opposite were alike in spirit painstaking students as well as men of action at first montcalm had not realized what was the deepest shadow in the life of canada perhaps chiefly because vaudry was always at montreal montcalm preferred quebec and was surprised and charmed by the life of that city it had he said the air of a real capital there were fair women and brave men sumptuous dinners with forty or fifty covers brilliantly lighted salon a vivid social life in which he was much courted the intendant bigot was agreeable and efficient soon however montcalm had misgivings it was a gambling age but he was staggered by the extent of the gambling at the house of the intendant he did not wish to break with bigot and there was perhaps some weakness in his failure to denounce the orgies from which his conscience revolted he warned his own officers but he could not control the colonial officers and vaudreuil was too weak to check a man like bigot whence came the money in time montcalm understood well enough he himself was poor to discharge the duties of his position he was going into debt and he had even to consider the possible selling of his establishment in france he had to beg the court for some financial relief at the same time he saw about him a wild extravagance there was famine in canada during the winter of seventeen fifty eight to fifty nine the troops were put on short rations and in spite of their bitter protests had to eat horse flesh suffering and starvation bore heavily on the poor through lack of food people fell fainting in the streets but the circle of bigot paid little heed and feasted danced and gambled montcalm pours out his soul to bourlamaque he spends he says sleepless nights and his mind is almost disordered by what he sees in his journal he notes his own fight with poverty and its contrast with the careless luxury of a crowd of worthless hangers-on making four or five hundred thousand francs a year and insulting decency by their lavish expenditure one of the ring a clerk with a petty salary a base creature spends more on carriages horses and harness than a foppish and reckless young member of the nouveau riche would spend in france corruption in canada is protected by corruption in france montcalm cries out with a devotion which his sovereign hardly deserved though it was due to france herself o oh, king worthy of better service dear france crushed by taxes to enrich greedy knaves the weary winter of seventeen fifty eight to fifty nine at length came to an end in may the ships already mentioned arrived from france bringing bougainville and among other things the news that pitt was sending great forces for a decisive attack on canada at that very moment indeed the british ships were entering the mouth of the st lawrence canada had already been cut off from france montcalm held many councils with his officers the strategy decided upon was to stand at bay at quebec to strike the enemy if he should try to land and to hold out until the approach of winter should force the retirement of the british fleet End of chapter nine